gonna try to see Mike this weekend, man. Um, oh, he's yeah. going to the ninth grade. Um, like I said, this was his first camp ever. Um, and we watch out for him. I think he's a much better athlete than Jameis was. I think Jameis just was a much smarter, smarter athlete at that age um, than he is. And I'm, I'm excited to see what Jonah can do, man. And both of those guys got to keep working hard and getting better, at least getting 1% better each day. And, and I stay pulling for him. So how long before he commits to FSU? <laughs> oh, soon as they hey, soon as they give us an offer, and soon as we ready, we commit, man. I'm telling oh. you. <laughs> hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go those. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. FSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Hear the Spear, presented to you by NoGameDay.com. We are here on a very hot very hot Thursday evening here in Tallahassee. The heat wave is going all throughout the southeast and definitely my home as I lost AC last night and we've been dealing with about 89, 87 degrees inside this room. But we're going to make it because we have an incredible guest this week with us. We've got Antonor Winston, Jameis Winston's father. I've been looking forward to grabbing Antonor for an interview for quite a while now. And now everything worked, schedules fit, and we were able to grab him on. Mr. Winston, good evening. We are excited to have you on the podcast this week. Hey, what's up, my guys, man? Glad to be here and go nose to my nose fans out there, man. Yes, absolutely. First off, I got to ask you, though, what, how's how's the summer been? What has the family been up to? I know there's uh, it's been a busy one, I'm sure. But uh, now you've got you've got Jameis doing his thing. You've got Jonah doing his thing. And, you know, you got the whole family, too. I know y'all are a big family-oriented uh, a family group. How's the summer been? Man, um, actually, the, the summer started off pretty okay um, until, you know, Jameis had to get back and um, go to New Orleans. At first, you know, we had him in Birmingham doing rehab um, around us. And as soon as he signed back with the Saints, they said, come on, let's, let's go try to uh, keep on getting better. And besides that, man, we ran around with Jonah P., my grandkids keeping me busy, trying to get back and forth to Tampa, checking on them. Um, Ashley, now my daughter had a grand, a grand. I had another grandson, so there's three grandsons that's in the making uh, for me. Um, so I'm running around, Logan, just like you, just like yeah. your kids keeping you busy, bro. I'm staying busy with my grandkids. Um, I think the top, top it off. I think um, Jonah, Jonathan, kind of get me. Um, keep us busy now because like today was his first camp ever in his life. Um, 
because we had some coaching duties that we had to come up to the University of uh, Birmingham where the coaches clinic and the football camp was held at. And so I'm going to be doing a lot of football camps, making sure Jameis is uh, um, on his road to recovery, which I think he's doing awesome. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's been busy. I was, I was going to ask you about that recovery because, you know, we're seeing him now at the Saints. Well, first off, OTAs, and now we're getting to the mini camp part. I think they wrapped up things today in New Orleans. How has that been going for him? This is true, really, first injury. I'm not sure, you know, through Florida State, you know, he had some dings and some bruises here and there, but he was able to stay healthy for the most part. How has this kind of been for him mentally? You know, we've seen a few YouTube clips here and there on him, and we've been covering it heavily but how do you think it's been mentally on him? Was this just another challenge for him to hurdle and use as motivation for this upcoming season? Um, to be honest, man, at first, when it first happened, October the 31st, um, we didn't know what direction that we was going to go in. But we knew one thing that we knew that we had our Lord and Savior that's on our side that really was going to get us through this crying time. Um, so when I say crying time, um, Logan, I actually would think this was a blessing in disguise, and I know people kind of get aggravated when you say, how can an injury be a blessing? Um, well, I think it was. Um, the injury detail is it, itself, like if you can, you can say, well, ACL injuries is, is like a, a scratch, right? It's like a scratch now. You, you sew it up and you can just go back out there and play. But when you talk about an ACL or MCL in a straight it up, meniscus um that is a serious knee injury and for him to work himself back the way he worked himself back he went ahead of schedule man it's just been amazing um to see that in the course now we still got a long way to go um because you know you know us we want to be 110 percent healthy not just a hundred percent healthy so we got a little ways to go uh we'll be heading to california in a couple of days um, to really try to get some good news on that knee. And we hope we will be, we'll be ready to go. You got one, Nate, or were you asking one? Now, um, well, my, my first question is, you know, I, I want to jump right into the shirt, you know, you know, uh, 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 you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of people talking about that when he was talking about eating W's, but you know, that, that's just his mindset, you know, has he always been that way? You know, that the motivational, maybe a little bit, not what you expect, but, you know, people just connect with this kid. And, you know, has it been always just been Jameis that way? Well, hey, Jameis always had a real high passion for football or whatever he do. Wherever he put his mind to, he's going to come up with something that, um, mm. either for us to laugh with or mm. for him to get going. And me mm. personally, I just seen him say some wild stuff and do some wild things, man. Hey, that's that's my son. He said mm -hmm. like his dad. But this slogan right here, mm -hmm. right here, hey, once it manifests, I think it, I think I'll hit all cylinders. No, for sure. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 there's truth behind it, you know. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I want to jump into. I I want to skip a little ahead to FSU, you know. Mm -hmm. That 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 night versus Clemson, you know you were you were featured a lot in the in the stands. You know they kept flashing to you and, and, and your and your and your family. You know, 
how how was that night as a fan knowing that how big that game was? You know, Jameis's first real true test, and he goes out there and just flat dominates. The whole team does, but you know, right, right. That's what I was going to say, man. That whole week of practice. I hope you're talking was, smack. Oh my god! <laughs> listen, listen. That whole week of practice that Clemson gave. Um, I don't know how many guys can remember that. Like Logan, them they, Logan was young, but it seemed like you remember yeah. it well. Um, the whole week of practice, man. I think our defense turned all the way up. I'm talking that week of practice, and our offense was looking like, wait a minute, now, guys, don't forget we got to play Saturday, right? Um, I, I, I want to say that probably was the best game um, of his college career that his family actually witnessed. Now, we've seen a lot of great college games, but that Clemson game for us preparing, preparing for that whole week, if you can remember, the game was almost no chance to win that game. Mostly everybody on the car wash was saying, you know, only good thing they said, if Jameis pulled off this, consider for the Heisman. But but, but but at the same time, they were saying how Clemson and Todd Boyd was going to demolish us. And everybody know how that happened. Uh, I have Clemson friends now um, to this day um, that that we kind of talk about that game and I kind of give them the business. So I, mean, <laughs> I, I want to bring I want to bring it all the way back, though. So we're kind of putting you in a whirlwind okay. here, but we're going to go all the way back to high school days of Jameis. Okay. And, you know. I know that you worked a lot with Jameis and spent a lot of time, I believe, training with him and doing a lot of coaching for him. When did you kind of start getting a sense that something was going to be special here? Was it whenever he started receiving a lot of offers? Was it him just making plays? Um, you know, what, what really started standing out to you? Was it his leadership, his communication with teammates or, you know, what, what kind of stood out to you for be like, yeah, you know, this, this young man's got a talent. Um, something small to a giant. It's a two-part question, if you don't mind. Um, mm-hmm. At the age of four, um, Jameis wanted to play football, um, peewee football, Pop Warner. And, you know, you start off at seven and eight-year-olds. Um, we've been coaching for a while, and I just not did my little 10 out of middle school. And I said, man, I'm going to go down and try to coach with my brother at the time. He was coaching youth ball before he went to high school. Um, and I said, I'm going to go down and give something back to the kids while I got a son, right? Maybe he one day he'll want to play. So we went down. Coach Green happened to be the peewee guy, 75-pound coaches, and with the 7th and 8th graders. And James kept asking to play. I mean, he kept asking to play. And my wife was saying, hey, man, you're four years old. These guys four years older than you. Um, you're not going to get out there with these kids. So I kind of convinced Lorella. I said, listen. He's going to play in the next three years. So why not, you know, why not let him um, play with the kids and put on a helmet, get used to the shoulder pads, get used to the pads and stuff like that. And next three years, he might be ready to go. Well, make a long story short, um, he kind of went out there and actually started with the eight-year-olds, man. And right then, I kind of thought that either beginner's luck Oh, this dude was going to be special. Um, <laughs> fast forward to middle school, right, as he kept playing, um, with the camps he going to. Like I said, um, I'm sitting in the office with the guy that um, helped him go to his first camp, um, Coach Coach Vincent, man, marvelous 
offensive coordinator at the University of Birmingham. Um, after spending time, much time with him, um, Jameis started writing a book um, off coverages, cover two, cover fours, you know, what to do, what not to do. And this was like 12 and 13 years old. And once I looked at that notebook and see how detailed he was actually in, um, you know, people gave all type of excuses. Oh, the reason why he could do that, because you know, you're a coach, Coach Ed, and he's, he's just doing what a coach do. But I had no idea that this dude was mimicking and writing a book of his own to study once he get in high school. Well, that book ended up helping him in high school and on through college. So that's when I kind of realized this dude was kind of special. Does he does he still hold on to that book? Does he keep that oh, somewhere? Oh, Logan, I got it, man. It's worth something. It's worth something. I got it. <laughs> you got to hold on to that one. I was going to say, yeah, you got to hold on to that one. Yeah. Ooh, man, now that's some good stuff in there. So then, you, I mean, you kind of felt that way, and then he goes into college, and, or not into college, but he's going into senior year, and, you know, you, you start figuring out your decision there. Y'all y'all as a family and Jameis do start figuring out a decision on where to go college-wise. Which, which schools were really heavily – after him, except for, of course, Jimbo and FSU. Which ones were maybe the tight there at the end of his recruitment? Hey, let's not, let's, let's not skip a little. We skipped a part through that. Right. Um, so ninth grade, that's when people start talking about he got a chance to go to Major League, major league Draft in mm -hmm. the ninth grade. Yeah. So in the ninth grade, we football was like, Hey man, well, you got to stop playing basketball, but man, you still can play football. But these folks talking about you might get drafted out of high school, so you been not, you know, you been not play with this football thing, right? So his first offer came uh, going into tenth grade. I think it was Georgia, Georgia Tech, and offers start rambling in. At the meantime, we had to divide that because people was telling us we don't, I don't care how many offers you get. He's not going to go to college and play. He's going to end up going play baseball. And I think the 2012 year is that's when that plea bargain agreement changed that made it kind of difficult for baseball to go right in because they were making as much money. And right then, once that changed, we talked about it. And now listen now, this is something that James wanted to do. I, me personally, I was like, okay, now – this is something that we want to think about. And he said, Daddy, if they're going to change this here, I might as well go ahead and play football and probably end up doing what I need to do in football. And that's what happened. Um, I really can't talk too much about his offers because, um, Logan, it was, it'd be, he's, he's just like one of the other five star recruits. They had a lot of offers. But for our family, we really couldn't decide until we really got to be a junior or a senior just because baseball played so much a part into that, if you can understand that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What was it about about Jimbo and in Florida State? You know, because, you know, they did a hell of a job because I, I, I covered his recruitment a little bit. They did a hell of a job with, with um, you know, recruiting him. And but, also hey. Mike Martin, too, did. You know, right, right. Now that's what I'm finna get ready to say. Um, Jimbo Fisher, man, he always been the man. Always, I mean, that's family to me. But during the recruiting process, was really Damian Craig mm -hmm. and 
Nazareth. Mm-hmm. So, so um, Mike Martin Jr. Dad, now, uh, Mike Martin Jr. Jimbo, those those my guys. They're gonna be my guys forever. But Levin and Damian Craig probably had the most to do with the recruiting part of it mm-hmm. during that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a reason why he seeked out Damian Craig after you know after that championship game was over. Oh yeah, no doubt. You know, Damian and I had a good relationship when he was at Florida State, and you know we talked about that about how you know, he was very proud that he played such a huge role in getting Jameis over at Florida State, and people don't talk about that. I think very much. You know, Coach right, Craig right. Did, did a great job. Man, he did a phenomenal job. Probably the one one of the best recruiters at that time. If not still now, one of the best recruiters that's in college football. Um, but when Jimbo got some respect from our family, and I mean from our whole family, and especially from a father because he was Jimbo's second father, mm-hmm. realized Damian left that year. He recruited. I mean, he left the next year. Man, Jimbo didn't look back. He made sure he stayed honest. He stayed true to um, Jameis' commitment and whatever went on. So, mm-hmm. man, all those guys was awesome. But Levin and Damian played a big part of recruiting. And Mike Jr. and Jimbo, those my guys forever. Yeah, there, there was some talk about Stanford coming in at the end, you know, was that ever really true? Um, Stafford was never at the end, man. Mm-hmm. Stafford was in one of his top schools. Um, F- FSU was a school that, I mean, everybody knows the story. That FSU is my favorite school mm-hmm. from Charlie Ward to, uh, to all the greats, man. I can go on and on name all the, all the greats, man. Um, it really was my school. Wet tree, Jay Boo, I mean, Jameis into FSU, man, no, not knocking us because I kind of got mad at him for saying it. Man, we weren't winning. We were making it to a bowl game and we just couldn't make it to the dance. And he said, I go to Florida State and I'm going to turn this thing around. Well, he went to Florida State and we had a marvelous team to turn that thing around with his help. So, he set out to do something and put his mind to and and now comes with it. And I'm wondering too, how much was, you know, EJ Manuel maybe inside of helping that recruitment too? And what were your thoughts too? You know, he he sat a year and you know, like I think a lot of FSU fans were thinking, you know, maybe if, what about if we had Jameis in there in twenty twelve and wondering what that could yeah. have been. But what were your thoughts about him sitting back come on, you, and you, behind EJ? Logan, you're in the inside of this hill. You were training day. So you already know our plan when wasn't coming in to play as a true freshman because we were playing baseball, right? Okay. We wanted to get out three years in baseball and, and and hope we have a chance to enter the draft. So we was not thinking about um, playing as a true freshman. Um, now, was Jameis was? Oh yeah, Jameis was ready to got dog on play right then, right? <laughs> but we had it was a business decision, and once he started, you could see it on his face. Dad, I want to play, but yes, EJ was a awesome. He's still a big brother to um, Jameis to this day, but he was an awesome. He played an awesome role in his recruiting, and not only that, there he had a chance to watch EJ. So we got to give him much praise and much ups for Jameis' success because 
um, he just had a chance to to learn from him. I wanted to ask, uh, Nate brought up Stanford, and there were also some rumors about Jameis and Texas um, at the time of his recruitment. So just in your opinion, if if he would have went to another school besides Florida State, where, where do you think it, he would have went? No, Texas was the last school out of 100 schools that came in and offered him. Because um, Matt Brown honestly told us he just didn't think he was going to get Jameis. He was not going to pull him away from Nick Saban. So he was not going to um, waste that offer. Mm -hmm. So um, to, to, ask that, to answer that question more correctly, Florida State was the only school in his father mind that I realized that he should be going to. For the kid mind, he was just ready to get to a school. Mm -hmm. And once he made it up and finally got on our side, come on, guys, got to be with me. On the nose side, everything <laughs> happened. Everything oh, yeah. happened in the place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Go ahead. I was going to say, too, I mean, when you, when you bring in a guy like Jameis, too, I mean, that's the biggest thing for any program. You bring in a five-star caliber elite prospect, definitely at that quarterback position, you're going to bring guys around him. And that's something that Florida State was able to do, definitely on the offensive line. And, and Rick Trickett also being that coach there to, to protect Jameis. But I was just going to ask, you know, being around, you, you got guys like Rashad Green. You got Kellen Benjamin. You got Kenny Shaw, who, you know, we love Kenny, having him come on here multiple times throughout the year. You know, he, he was able to bring a lot of guys around him, and I think that goes to him how it is nowadays. You know, even when he goes to the NFL, he's able to impact a locker room pretty quickly, and that's something that I think he did pretty on at Florida State. Was he ever telling you things his freshman year, like, yeah, I want to play, but maybe I got to become a leader and kind of step up and that way? You know, like you said, he was learning from E.J. Manuel on the sidelines, but we saw in that NC State game and him still going over to guys and, and talking with them, getting their ear. That's just something that we've always heard of Jameis. He can be a big-time leader, even if – no matter if he's just a rookie like he was in Tampa nor a true freshman coming into Tallahassee. Oh, no doubt, man. His servitude, his servitude is remarkable. And his servitude has been like that since he was a young boy. Um, He's going he gonna to bring um, players up to his level, and I'm glad you spoke on that, on, on the recruiting process. Man, he probably was doing more recruiting than the coaches in his class and look how our class turned out yeah pj ron adobe eddie goldman chris Casher, uh marcus allegway um oh my god on and on and on and on and on and and i mean he always been a kid um with a lot of servitude logan and most guys follow i mean i, I haven't i haven't had not one player yet that I coach with or that he played with that really had a problem with James besides, man, he won't come off the field. That's the only problem they have with him. I want to forward the timeline a little bit. You know, let's go to Pittsburgh. You know, his first start, you know, he only threw one incompletion because I will still – Swear to God that you know can he get a shot count down? Yeah, can shot count down fast. After the game, you know, you know, we talk about James. So I want to talk about what your thoughts were about that. You know, again, you know, someone has a, has kids too, and seeing them do what they like to do and succeed, you know, you had to be damn proud. And but were you surprised though? 
Um, not in a negative way, the, but you know, I, I, no, no, I feel what you said. Um, I wasn't surprised, right? But then again, I wasn't proud yet because mm -hmm. I come and go to where every university, especially Florida State, was to come in, get a degree, and win a championship. In mm -hmm. that first game, none of that happened. So I wasn't proud. Now, was that first game to really make a mark on his college debut, right? I still got to give it to, man, did not Jimbo down up a offensive game plan for Pittsburgh? Phenomenal. Did you ask the play calling on the first play mm -hmm. of the game? A quarterback never started a college game in his life. Opened up with empty, mm -hmm. no running back. Well, that's when mm -hmm. we knew that we. I think we all sat down <laughs> on the couch and we knew we were sitting on the couch and we looked at my dad and said, "Oh, they're going to open it up like this, huh? This is how we're going to do it." <laughs> yeah, first down, Kelvin Benjamin. First yeah. down. Yeah, no, I think that's. Uh, I think that's definitely when we knew. Jameis, hey, we got some play calls here in the back. I won't look. I promise I won't look. <laughs> <laughs> on the whiteboard back there. Let's <laughs> uh, 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 for. I think I muted you, Mister Mister Winston. I might have muted you on the thing. What you might have to do is cut cut out and then maybe come back in, and that might fix it over there. Okay. Oh, there we go. No, you're good. You're good. Now I'm, we got I'm you. I'm good. Yeah, all set. Yes, sir. Cool. Go ahead. You were going to say something. Um. No, I just said. Okay. Hey, then Jimbo died that game up. That's uh, he he died. He was really mm -hmm. ready for that game. Um, he had us prepared, man, to go in and, and play on that stadium like that. It was it was awesome. And you know, kind of talked a little bit before you jumped on. You know, I want to I want to jump into the off the field stuff. You know, th th that that first year at Florida State, and you know, how was it? At, you know, as a family, it had to be tough to see you know your kid going through that. Also, at maybe the the best time of his life personally, and having all the su success, but then having all the stuff that was, you know, in the news every day at ESPN and all this kind of, you know, bullshit. Now that oh, yeah. you look at it, a life learns lesson. Like right now, it helped his servitude. He can mm -hmm. go on to speak to other kids about his situation and be able to help other situations, man um that he been through and have a counter um mm -hmm. i can't say too much for right. um the media the way they portray mm -hmm. things right there that's why i like to talk to people that was close to the situation because they kind of know what really went on mm -hmm. and the people that really didn't know what was going on i kind of we kind of ignore them and i think we was kind of good at that ignoring that bull mm -hmm. stuff um recently i just not coming out strong now that injury made me wake up a little something uh we was too quiet for too long and once i saw him get up and fall back down i, I kind of promised to myself if i hear any type of rumor or any type or oh yeah. my god gossip <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not gossip. I don't want to answer to every gossip, but I want yeah. to say a, a, a rumor or something mm -hmm. that's not true. I think I'm going to be a little bit more vocal about it because watching your son go down in a game that he loved, um, that was a hurting feeling. Especially against, you know, his former team and he's playing damn well. Yeah, we won't, but, uh, we won't take that for granted no more. I no. promise you that. Yeah, uh, oh, uh, no. 
And then, you know, that it'll go ahead a little bit. And then, you know, that Miami game, you know, that is probably my favorite game I've ever been to just because of who it was. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a notorious Miami hater. Um, I can't stand Miami. But um, I, 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 I'm thinking of a, the play specifically when they hit him late and then, you know, Bobby Hart, you know, jumps in. You know, next play, Kel, you know, Kelvin Benjamin carries the guy into the end zone. I think that's, that's when I knew that he, he really had the team because they, they jumped on him real quick. But, oh, uh, yeah. Hey, yes, sir. Bobby Hart did, did not play about Jameis. Nope. Hey, none of none of that offensive line played about Jameis. Mm-hmm. I'm serious. Those were some those were some beasts up front, baby. Um, the first year, oh my God, yeah, you just you couldn't play with them. Nope. No, no, they they love Jameis. I mean, that's how he was in the locker room. When did when did you kind of feel like Florida State was going to go on a run here and go undefeated in that first season under Jameis? When did you kind of feel it? I felt I felt it when I was up there in Death Valley and Clemson. We weren't expecting oh, that kind you. of performance. We weren't yeah, expecting. I was nerve. We were nervous up there, and I, that was our first year actually covering my first year ever covering mm-hmm. FSU. I'd go up there with my phone and and try to tweet and everything, and so that was definitely a special year for us. But just for Florida State in general, that was no one fans here were not really expecting that. And for a, a freshman like that to go in and, and perform, I know the defense just absolutely dominated, dominated, starting off just from Lamarcus Joyner. Then you've got Mario Edwards Jr. I mean, just absolute domination. But, you know, when, when did you kind of feel like, yeah, this is a national champion type caliber team? Hey, I'm with you. I, I told you that whole week of prayer. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I think it might be bugging. Technical difficulties. We were, there we go. Now I got you. I think we got. Oh, wait. I, mean, I think it's muted now. There Can you go. hear me? I'm sorry, man. Hey, they're looking for me. I'm, I'm trying to call, man. I got a couple of seconds. Hey, <laughs> let, let me ask you this question because this is this awesome. I'm like you, Logan. After that Clemson game, man, I thought we had a chance because that whole week, like I told you, that whole week, that defense was, oh, my God. They was all about it. They was down in. And remember, nobody did not give the number five team a chance to beat the number three team. Mm-hmm. They just didn't do that that whole week. I mean, y'all was here. So after we won that game, and like you said, the way we played, sound, oh, my God. I, I just kind of thought, man, the, the only team we could probably that match us is uh, a, a, a team at the state of Alabama, one of those teams. And yeah. guess what? It was one of those teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you talked about the game plan that Jameis, not Jameis, but uh, Jimbo drew up. That game plan versus Clemson was, I think, just as good. Maybe, you know, the execution was flawless, too, uh, across the uh, board. No, no, you're right. You, you Jimbo did – Okay, well, I think they came in together and did a great offensive player. Uh, but Coach Pruitt, my mm-hmm. God, Coach Pruitt, that was his first week of really, um, I think him and Jimbo got into it, and they mm-hmm. never got into it. That was oh, his yeah. first moment of saying, we have the best defense in the country. Offense, you give me three touchdowns, we win it. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. But we actually gave the defense 
eight touchdowns a game. Exactly. 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 I want to jump a little bit forward now because I know we don't have a whole lot of time with you, but I want to jump over to, you know, the national championship and winning the Heisman. I mean, how did that feel being over there during the ceremony, at least getting the Heisman there? Was it it really emotional for you in the family? We saw Jimbo tearing up a little bit. How was that experience for you and the family? Man, it was awesome to go through what we have been, went through good and bad, right? Good and bad moments. And to finally, to, to reach and, and receive a award of that magnitude, man, that was an honor within itself. Um, not only the Heisman, man, we collected a lot of awards that year. And we were so grateful so grateful that our team um, allowed us to to, to receive those. Mm-hmm. And then I want to ask you, you know, going now, we've already talked about his recovery, but, you know, he, he leaves Tampa Bay. You know, he gets drafted number one by Tampa Bay, but ends up leaving and goes to sit behind. You know, you don't see a lot of quarterbacks, and definitely I feel like with his kind of – He's definitely a big, 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 big time competitor. But to be able to go sit behind a year and know that behind a legend, a quarterback with Drew Brees, he does that to learn behind him and be also coached under Sean Payton. But now this is his team in New Orleans. How has the New Orleans community kind of got along with you guys? The family has has welcomed you all in. It seems like that fan base is really excited for for year two of Jameis Winston. Hey, that fan base. I finally got into real fan base. That's not like Florida State fan base, okay? Um, but it's better than where we where we came from. And I came out um, Tampa. Either it was we had some pretty nice people um, in Tampa that actually support us. But um, New Orleans fan base they they take it to another level. We may have some problems with some of their little podcasters. And um, <laughs> if you ask me, I'm not a real big fan of Bobby Abair. Um, and I really wanted to say his name like that because I think he really played both sides on the fence. And and I I guess I, everybody got to learn a lesson to, to come around with. And I think Bobby Hebert is a little bit jealous about, you know, his low ceiling as a quarterback. But, you know, uh, that, that's oh, my opinion. But no, I, no, I, no, I give you a you fact because we don't have to go with opinions like – before we got to New Orleans, yeah. right, before um, we got to New Orleans, um, my people gave us some of the names to reach out to, you know, to reach mm-hmm. out to, be good when you first walk in the door. So if Bobby Abraham was one of them, and I have a great quarter, a great friend that's real good friends with him, and he reached out mm-hmm. to Bobby and said, hey, the Winston's would like to reach out to you, to tell you, what's up right there, and he gave, you know, he gave him the cold shoulder and never met Jameis in that. And I kind of thought that was kind of odd. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got my assistant to really call up to the radio station itself because I'm like, I know he wouldn't lie to me. So let me just hear this for myself. They don't know us. I mean, we haven't even much went to a practice yet. So we called up there and we kind of got the same tone. And by me seeing him report, it's basically the same thing, man. I, hey, mm-hmm. I'm just going to pray for those guys that have those hateful, whatever they have toward. Jameis and all we got to do is just show up and prove him wrong, man. And mm-hmm. whoever with him, I feel the same way about them as they feel about Jameis. So, well, well, my, you know, I, I know we, you know, right for the Bucks, you know, also, but you know, for Father's Day that year, I got 
my, my mom got me a uh, you know a Jameis jersey, a Bucks jersey, and I'm still I, I still wear that because you know I'm down I'm down in the Tampa area, and it, it's still hotly debated, you know, you, you know your son and you know his time in Tampa Bay, but you know I I think that last year had that injury not happened that New Orleans was was bound for the playoffs. And that's crazy thing with the, the weapons. The, the mm-hmm. you know, Jameis was able to work with what he had. I went had a lack of weapons, you know. Yep, I got to see him in uh, Jacksonville because you know they weren't playing in New Orleans, and got to see Jameis play last year, and that was uh, definitely fun to see him just eat up the Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. and just torch him up. I have two just really quick things here. I wanted to mention Jameis does a lot, and I noticed this a ton just covering him. He does a lot mm-hmm. in the community. Mr. Winston, yes. where, did, where, did, where does that come from? Because he did a whole ton in Tampa during his time, and now he's doing a whole lot more, too, in New Orleans. Where does that where does that come from within him? Is that something that he just, just likes doing? Servitude, man. Yeah. Dreams forever, man. Um, the mission of James Winston, Dreams Forever Foundation, man, um, to impact um, financial disabled kids, man. And one thing of, uh, about James that we don't know Ever since in middle school and high school, he always took to special need kids. He always took to kids that are less fortunate than him. Um, so it's his servitude, um, his grandmother. Um, he, I think he kind of saw um, his uncles and, and coaching and taking care of little league guys. And, and he just always had it in him to be a great servitude. So. Mm-hmm. Logan, he always had that in him. And then Jonah, Jonah Winston. Do we need to keep an eye out for uh, Mike Norvell uh, hey, going after? Please do, man. We're we, we going to try to see Mike this weekend, man. Um, oh, he's yeah. going to the ninth grade. Um, like I said, this was his first camp ever. Um, and we watch out for him. I think he's a much better athlete than Jameis was. I think Jameis just was a much smarter smarter athlete at that age um than he is and I'm, I'm excited to see what jonah can do man and both of those guys got to keep working hard and getting better at least getting one percent better each day and and i stay pulling for him. so how long before he commits to fsu oh soon as they, <laughs> hey soon as they give us an offer and soon as we ready we commit man i'm telling oh. you <laughs> are y'all are y'all coming to one of the camps this weekend oh yeah we'll be that saturday Okay, for sure. Sweet deal. Perfect. That sounds good. I know that we, you know, said thirty minutes here, so I appreciate you staying on for another eight minutes. I'm sure maybe down the road to grab you back on here whenever you have time because this is this is awesome. We can go. We could talk about this for hours upon hours, but mm-hmm. you know, I think it's all. I think it's always a great thing because what Jameis went through in his freshman year to at FSU. There's a lot of family. You had to have a strong family behind him on that. Uh, I got to give yeah. props to y'all, and mm-hmm. you know, y'all hey, got a son that's a. Now, now, let's see what happens in New Orleans. I'm excited. It's going to be a fun one to cover. Definitely, uh, definitely get some rematch rematches against the Bucks. So, <laughs> let's top it up. Uh, thank y'all for having me. Hey, we we will talk again. Please invite me back on. If you don't, I will constantly keep supporting you guys. And Logan, thank you again. Y'all stay up and hey, go nose, man. Go nose hey, for sure. Absolutely. Thank you. thank you, Mr. Winston. Have a good evening. Safe travels. All right. You too. All right. Man. Thank you. Well, sweet deal. There was Mr. Winston on the pod. Been working on that one just for a little while now. And I think we could go on for hours upon hours. Yeah, that could have been like background. a two-hour interview. 
exactly. That's what I that's what I was saying. I was like, God, I have about 18. Every time one question is asked, like, oh, but I got three more to ask outside of that. But got a little nugget too, because Jameis Winston's brother will be on Florida State's campus this weekend. Yeah, yeah I know. They're, little... they're holding a quarterback camp on Saturday. So I'm guessing he's coming to that. But nice yeah, that clarify out. for me uh after the show, Logan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little little nugget there. Uh for us to share but yeah no watch out for 2026 gotta start uh gotta start to start keeping an eye but he said grab the offer and for everything fits he's yeah he said <laughs> he's, a, he's gonna be a knoll so yeah great stuff there put a bow uh, that bad boy <laughs> i know right Woo. if y'all i mean i'm telling y'all i know it's really extremely extremely early extremely yeah. early but go check out some of uh jonah winston's film on his huddle page that's watch out yeah. That's all I got. And just like just like uh, Antonor said, there's definitely a lot more athleticism than what Jameis had. And that's no knock on Jameis, but this 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 little thing, this little dude can move. Yeah, he doesn't run like an ostrich. No, no, <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, hey, appreciate the uh, 499 from Captain Noel over here dropping a little donation for us on YouTube. Let's jump into some actual current commits that happened over. Uh, the last week or so since we've been recording, there's been three Juco defensive end. Jaden Jones uh, picks Florida State 2023 safety. Quadarius Jones. we got the Joneses coming in this week, uh, all deciding to go mm. with Florida State and Mike Norvell. And then, wow, a, a late one here into the 2022 class. We'll have a uh, discussion on this one. But defensive lineman Ayobame Tefase is going with the Knowles. 6'4", around close to 315 now practically. Let's start off with 17 Tefase. years old. Good job on uh, pronouncing that name, by the way, yeah. because he did clarify this weekend it's Iobami, not Aobami. It's Io. So, so you nailed it, Logan. Good job. Heck yeah, that's uh, I trained a little bit. I kind of cheated yesterday on Mark's show, so kind of had the oh, uh, go ahead there. So it kind of helps doing those on Wednesday nights to kind of understand how to say these names because usually, as usual, I would probably screw that one up. But this is a big time pickup. For Florida State in that defensive line room, he joins mm-hmm. Bishop Thomas along with Daniel Lyons, which I thought had some, you know, good for a true freshman coming in, had a pretty decent spring camp. What are your thoughts after, you know, you actually got to speak with him? I, I heard that he has a pretty good handshake too, Dustin. Is your hand, is your hand I mean, look, all right? Is recovering? Him, bro. Like, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all jacked up. He broke my hand. But, um, yeah, he, he came to Florida State for his official visit over the weekend. Um, it was a busy week for him, actually, because he was at Virginia Tech. Then he went to Arkansas, and then he wrapped things up at Florida State with the official visits. And like you said, Logan, um, figurative, figuratively and literally, <laughs> um, six foot three and a half, three hundred and eleven pounds or so. And I mean, just pretty much all muscle. Um, actually, when he first arrived for the official visit on Saturday, he was walking in with Odell, and I didn't even bother taking a picture of him because I thought he was someone's coach. You know, he just he just looks like a grown ass man at, at 17 years old. And I had to clarify, I was like, was that, was that him? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, Jesus. But um, anyway, you know, he spent a lot of time with Odell. He's been building a big relationship there ever since the offer and, and Florida state's pitch basically to him is that he's going to have a chance to instantly compete um, for playing time in 2023 Florida state expecting some attrition from guys like Robert Cooper, or maybe Fabian Lovett, depending how the fall goes, they could go to the NFL. Um, because Tafasi, he's going to have to academically redshirt during the fall as a partial qualifier, but then he'll be able to hit the ground uh, hit the ground running um, in January, 2023. And really, I, I, this is kind of like your um, Tyree West replacement, I would say, a guy with 
a lot of potential and someone coming in that's ready to put in the work. So he's got that exact mentality that Florida State and Mike Norvell are, are looking in the players that they're bringing into this program. And really, in, in my opinion, this is a, a great late addition uh, for Florida State to the roster. I mean, they're, they're pretty much landing a four-star defensive lineman with a guaranteed red shirt. Um, you know, the kid is 6'4", you know, 3'10", 3'11", whatever it is. And, you know, he's just scratching the surface. Um, you know, this is like, I'm sure Odell's foaming at the mouth to get his hands on this kid because, you know, he also has skills. You know, he's not just a big kid that, you know, is rated as a four-star because of his potential. He also produces at this at, at, the, at his high school level, but also has that still room to grow ceiling-wise in, in order to get better. And, you, you know, you add him with, you know, Lions and, and Bishop, who both showed some flashes during spring, you know, that, that class and turns out pretty solid. And, you know, we've talked about on here last year, you know, this last year, that last class wasn't a very good defensive line class across the country, but it looks like Florida State hit two, and, and then you get this kid to come in late. I think that's, you know, high quality, damn good, on top of being able to get Woody and keeping him on offense. You know, we yeah. debated offense, defense, but now you get your guy in the interior who can, you know, bolster that run game and possibly be that, that center. Or, or, you know, it, it's a win-win situation for for Norvell and, and, and the staff. Yeah, and to your point, Nate, this is one that Odell personally has, has been pushing for over the last couple months. And, you know, Tafasi was flip-flopping uh, after that mm-hmm. official visit to Florida State. It kind of seemed like he was leaning towards Arkansas, then he was leaning towards Florida State. It was up in the air. But, you know, he spoke with his family, spoke with his high school coaches, about that decision and you know I, I really think it benefited Florida State to get that final official visit I think they they were on his mind the most um coming out of Tallahassee and they were able to get it done and Florida State likes him at, at defensive tackle or, or nose tackle there's kind of get him in the program and see how it works out from there yeah I, I mean you know move on to the next kids that committed you know just look how wide he is you know Dustin Solomon person and look how long his arms are you know He's he's going to be he's going to be a player. Yeah, the work ethic is big, and got to give the props to Odell here. I know a mm-hmm. lot of the FSU Twitter has their ups and downs on on Mr. Odell Hagens, but a lot of these guys will come in and, and believe in what Hagens has done, and he's done one of the best jobs in the country, if not the best, in putting guys consistently into the NFL. He'll do it again this upcoming season with Robert Cooper and Fabian Lovett. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is just something else that Odell Hagens w- was able to do. I know the miss on Tyree West sucks, but you come in and you're able to fix that later on, and and really recruitment really started in, in April. So, and if you go to his Instagram, the work ethic, you know, Dustin and, and Nate aren't lying there. Go, go see how much training this kid is doing for that size and how young he is. Yeah. You got to like what you can work with. And you got to like, also, I know Odell's foaming at the mouth, but think about coach storms too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he's excited. And, and yeah. I, I know some people were upset about Gwendarius Jones, but again, that's another kid you go cut his film on. You know, that kid did a hell of a job at, at Florida State's camp. The purpose of camp is what? Is to find recruits, find prospects that you think fit your system, and, and you offer them. So I get it. He's from Mississippi, and he's a three-star or whatever. 
But you know, this kid is six two, one almost one ninety, can play either safety spot and then even has a freedom of possibly growing to a linebacker. So again, kids an athlete, great take. Especially at this stage. Yeah, he was one of the the more impressive um defensive backs in attendance of Florida State's elite camp a couple of weeks ago. And you know, to what to your point, Nate, on saying that people should watch film. No one that's complaining is, is watching the film. I mean, you know, yep. they just they just like to complain. But this is a, kid watching. a lengthy, a lengthy athletic um, DB who's really just starting to figure out his game. And as you mentioned, I think there's a chance he could grow into a linebacker at the college level. It's just kind of going to depend how his body um, fills out. But, you know, Florida State, the first offer in this recruitment, I don't think they're going to be the last. Um, nope. We've seen this a couple of times over Mike Norbell's tenure now. You know, they're one of the first schools to offer a kid and then bang, their recruitment starts blowing up. So I don't think we should start criticizing this one uh, so early. Just yet. Yep. Yeah, not not too yet. But yeah, he was impressive. He looked good against Vidarius um, Jacobs, you know, Florida State's current wide receiver uh, commit whenever we were there at the elite camp. And he had a Sean Camp too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he, he and um, Camden did at wide mm-hmm. receiver but he was able to hang around with those guys and that probably right there probably put uh, some eyes on them from the staff and and you know or they feel like they might have gotten a little bit of a steal here but um yeah Condarish jones uh, 2023 safety right now could be moved around a little bit but we'll see if florida state can hold on to him and then there was one more uh juco defensive end Jaden jones this one's a pretty interesting one to me because listening to the interview that we were able to have with him, you know, the staff thinks very highly of this kid. Another guy with size, mm-hmm. and we're starting to see a rhythm here. Definitely six, when you're on the trenches. Six four two fifty. <laughs> yeah. Um and Red but in the interview. Yeah, in the interview though, the staff the staff said, you know, they brought up Jermaine Johnson. They said that they they, they see something in where he can impact the game just like J- Jermaine Johnson did. They feel like they can come he can come in and be developed with Odell Hagens, Coach JP, and be developed into a playmaker like Jermaine Johnson was. And that's something that he's looking forward to taking on that challenge once he arrives uh, in Tallahassee next year. But, yeah, another big, big boy coming in on the line for Florida State. And he goes to a quality Juco, too. Hutchinson, you know, is one of the best ones. So mm-hmm. he'll be coached up and he'll be ready to go. I don't think I have to worry about grades with this kid. You know, he's got his head on his shoulders. You know, he's really excited to get to Florida State. Yeah, this is a guy that I think has a lot of potential because if you look at his film from a year ago to now, there, there's been a lot of improvement. He's he's getting off the line of scrimmage quicker. He looks a little bit more confident um, when plays are, are developing. And he just looks like a more complete player than um, he did in some of his film from the past. So I think this is a good take for Florida state. And Nate, I believe you did the interview with him. Do you, do you know how many years of eligibility he has remaining coming out of junior college? He's going to have three, three to play four to play three. So that's a good take for Florida state. And you get a guy with multiple years of eligibility who I think, like I mentioned on Quindarius Jones, just starting to really figure out his game and his frame and, and how to utilize it the best. Yeah, and you're and you're adding that now to Lamont Green Jr., who I know all of us, all three of us here, are very excited for. Dustin, you and I got to see him at the elite camp and got to see Odell Hagen's apps actually like actually foaming at the mouth after one of his reps. After <laughs> one Norvell, of his reps, Norvell was too. You know, all, all yeah. the coaches over there. 
they were all eyes on him and you know he, he blew it out of the water uh, that, yeah we talked about it i'm saying it now that kid ends up a top 75 player by the end of the end of the cycle in the final ratings because i expect him to just you know, build on last year you know you look at that that get off of his explosion and he just continue, continues to grow exactly his natural gifted ability mm-hmm. yeah you can't i can see that. it I can see it. it. Just feels like recruiting services hate on guys that are already committed. Committed, yeah. But well, sometimes you just can't. You can't avoid the obvious. As if much Mar- as they if want Marvin to. Jones was a top ten prospect in in the twenty twenty two class, then yeah, uh, Lamont Green Jr. has got to be a top fifty. Yeah. On three, on three had Marvin Jones as a number one player in the country, and he had five sacks as a senior. But you know, I'm excited for Marvin Jones to change sort of Florida State in two years, so I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, and, you know, Mems is still out there, too, so it's going to be a fun next couple of years. Yeah, man. It's, all, it's always been Mems. Never lets yeah. us down. Yep. Uh, it's Mems, so it's not to graduates. Exactly. It will never end. Uh, and then do we want to uh, – Go ahead. Do, do we want to mention Antavius Woody making it to, yeah, to campus? That's, that's huge. Oh, big, hey, that's me and me and Nate. That was me foaming at the mouth there for having Antavius come because we see a lot of little, little bit of you know you can't get on the caliber of Timmy Jerning and that's that's my guy but you see the little instincts and maybe the talent trait and that physicality that that just nasty mode that he can click on and that's Antavius Woody but this is a big it's big big for Antavius absolutely you're here now in Tallahassee you can get in that weight room he can be there and start the academic process and college but then also now. You know, I mean, Florida State and the staff and what they were able to do to get him here. And, you know, we were there was a lot of question marks when we were covering early signing day, and we didn't get to exactly see if he was signing a piece of paper or what he was signing. That was national signing day. They, <laughs> didn't, national even, signing they day. didn't even give him anything for yeah December. So I think yeah. it just shows credit to both parties for sticking together, and especially to Woody for getting everything done in the classroom mm-hmm. uh, to make it to Florida State and. You know, the expectation is that he will redshirt for the fall. So going to be huge for him to get a, hopefully a head start on those academics, get everything short away. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, th- yeah. I think, I think it says a lot about the kid to, to knuckle down to in a span of, you know, five months to go from not even getting a, a piece of paper to sign to being fully quali- qualified to get into college and, and you know, He's achieving a dream, so I tip my cap to him. You know, and, and to the the coaches too. They put the plan together, and you know, like you said, Dustin, both sides stuck with it. So you got to be happy for both. And that's another scholarship down uh, for Florida State. I believe they're at either eighty-two or eighty-three out of the eighty-five. So there's a couple. I think they're, at eight, I think they're at eighty-three now with Tafasi and Woody. Yeah, I need to go back through it and calculate it, but it's one it's eighty two or eighty three. Yeah. I'm I'm positive on that. And you know, we'll see how they fill out the rest of that eighty five. There's been rising optimism about Destin Hill. They had Oregon transfer defensive back Damon David mm. on campus over the weekend for an official visit. If I had to put in a prediction right now, I would say David is gonna end up at Florida State. His only options mm-hmm. um right now are, are returning to Oregon or making that transfer to FSU and you know, his the head coach that recruiting him recruited him at Oregon is now at Miami. Um, a couple of his friends from Oregon, Micah Pittman, Trey Benson, are now at Florida State. He actually said Benson was 
is um, one of his best friends and that he loves to see that he's doing well at Florida State. So I just think the signs are, are kind of there that he's going to end up taking. It looks like Florida State wants one more defensive back in. It looks like it's going to be David, and and that leaves you with maybe um, South Carolina transfer Jazz and Turnitine named a top two of Florida State and Michigan State a couple of days ago. Um, I think both schools are still trying to figure out if they can offer him a full scholarship, and he's going to end up at the program that does make that full scholarship offer. Waiting on waiting on Destin. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the thing. It seems like now this weekend might have to go to the morgue. Might have set up a GoPro or some kind of surveillance, like some kind of camera out there I mean, to uh, keep yeah. an eye out for the unicorn. Things are set up and prepared. If he's not here this weekend, it ain't happening. Yeah, I think I think it's if we don't hear anything Monday, on my Monday, Monday then it's is a, Monday summer C right? Yeah, yeah, Monday the semester begins. So you, you, there's different kind of things, but you you definitely want to make sense for for Hill to arrive this weekend, most certainly. At the tomorrow. least, I think at the least he would have to be here by the end of next week because that's when ad drop is. But mm-hmm. I know you would like to, to be here this weekend, move in, get in the champs, and you know have one of your top playmakers. You know from what I heard, he, he stayed in shape and has done an individual workouts. But that also means you've got to keep your eye on David. You've got to keep your eye on Turnitin because mm-hmm. they've got to get in for the summer to to be eligible for the fall. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This scholarship situation is going to wrap itself up here over the next ten days. It's going to be fun. Finally, we had a boring May, and June has been pretty awesome so far. So sign me up all all day long for this. Florida State's also going to have um, a linebacker officially visiting this upcoming weekend. Nicholson, uh, Blake Nicholson, a California guy. Uh, Nate, you were able to catch up with him. Um, yep. And also, you've got Keith, you got KJ Sampson also coming in, but he's coming in for an unofficial um, on Saturday. But maybe some more on this linebacker from California. Um, I'm a big fan of, of linebackers and that play running back and vice versa. You know, you cut this kid's film on. You know, he ran for twenty, almost 2,300 yards on 200 carries. So he's averaging 10 yards, over 10 yards a carry, 36 touchdowns, seven touchdowns through the air. And then you put him on defense, 11, 11 sacks, um, you know, creating plays on defense. He had an interception return for a touchdown. So the kid's a playmaker. Um, you know, they like him at, at, at middle. Um, you know, told me, he told me he's 6'2", 215. Um, Said that he has a couple offers for, for running back, but he feels that you know his long term future is at linebacker, so that's what he wants to play in college. Um, you know, distance isn't a factor for him. Um, the biggest thing for him is the relationship that he forms with the coaches, and that's something that uh, Randy Shannon and Norvell and the coaching staff so far has done a great job with. Um, you know, Florida State gets the first visit. Um, if it goes well, um, he does intend to be um, in town for a game in the fall. So I, I know it's kind of sus to get the first visit, but you know, listening to you know what he has to say, you know, one reason why he wanted to get on campus is because how quickly and how well you know the two sides have connected. So he wanted just to come over and and make a visit. So. 
and, and the staff once they offered we're pushing to get a visit locked in pretty quickly so he's got Oregon next week um has 18 offers in a in a growing list so I, I, I love those two-way players man mm-hmm. yeah I know you do to your credit, Nate, I, I believe Florida State offered him in May, and and they got the official visit set up shortly after. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how everything goes during his 48 hours in Tallahassee, and get to get a chance to speak with him about about his experience um, mm-hmm. before he departs town. But I definitely have my eyes on Oregon in this one. I know he's been there. It's easier mm-hmm. to get to Oregon than Tallahassee, granted, but I think he's been For there sure. two or three times on an unofficial. Got that official visit next weekend, so. You know, at least for me, when it comes to a, a lot of recruitment, it's not every recruitment, but I follow those visits. Yeah, for sure. And you know, and, and when you look at Oregon, you know they they have Dan Lanning, who you know has the tools to be a pretty decent head coach, mm-hmm. and you know, hella successful at every stop he's had. So, you know, for for a guy that wants to play linebacker in college, you know, playing for Dan Lanning wouldn't be a bad decision. But I know Florida State really likes him. They like their they like your chances once they get them on campus and you see what happens after that. And also good to, to get a defensive line commitment, KJ Sampson back in Tallahassee for an unofficial, I believe he's going to be at North Carolina state um, tomorrow Mm -hmm. before making that trip to Tallahassee with his family, going to be on campus at least Saturday, maybe Sunday um, before heading back to North Carolina. But, you know, Florida state got this commitment back in March unexpected Mm -hmm. at the time. So, I think it's important to have him back around the team, the coaches in person um, prior to his senior season. Then it seems like the plan is to take an official visit around October or so, and then obviously sign with Florida State well, during the early signing period. I don't think FSU is really concerned. I don't think so either. And, and then, you know, you and I talked to him quite a few times. I think, you know, when he committed. Well, we met him. We met him. Yeah, you know, we met up with him. And, and, and the family and dad um, and mom. They, they seem very content. Um, and he said then that he's still going to take visits. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta let, gotta let these kids do what they need to do in order to shore up their, their minds. You, you know, NC State's not going to stop recruiting him being the in-state school, but I think FSU, um, it, it, it is in a solid spot here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And other than that, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a busy weekend, out there at Florida State, they, they're holding an individual camp tomorrow and Saturday, and I believe that there's a quarterback camp and a kicking camp on Saturday as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Jonah Winston going to be at that quarterback camp, but we'll see. We'll see who else uh, makes it out for those two camps. I'm planning. I'm planning tentatively to, to be out there, to be out there as much as I can. But. And, and, and there's always people that show up yeah. that aren't playing. So. Mm-hmm. Do we want to mention the the official visitors from last weekend? Because we we didn't get a chance to go over Brock Lynn, Ricky Collins, Shelton Sampson, or, or Luca Burgess. Yeah, I think it's a good idea to go through those since we didn't get to didn't get to cover them yet on the pod. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's start. I guess let's start with the quarterbacks. Um, Brock Glenn. This was he's got he had an official visit to Florida State this past weekend. He's going to be at Ohio State this weekend for an official visit and. Spent a lot of time around Coach Tokars, Coach Norvell. Um, after the visit, said that things couldn't have gone any better. He kind of came into the official visit unsure about Florida State and where he stood um, in regards to the other quarterbacks 
on the board and they were able to to straighten everything out with him, give him a clear plan for what they want to do with his future. And, and obviously he's developed a pretty good relationship with Norvell and Tokar. So I think Florida State, they've set themselves up as well as they can in this recruitment, especially, you know, with the offer just coming a couple of weeks ago. If I had to pick right now, I think they're right there neck and neck um, with Auburn. And I think Ohio State is going to get a chance to jump into it after this official visit. So Brock looking to make a decision either by the end of the month or, or early July at the mm-hmm. latest. So we, we should know soon, but Florida state got to be feeling confident with what they did on the visit. Um, it wasn't ideal to have, I would say Brock and Ricky Collins together at the same time doing official visits, but that was just kind of how the timing um, worked out in Florida state made, made the best of it, I would say. And, and same thing with Ricky spent a lot of time with Norvell and um, coach Tokar's, he did not interview before he left campus. They kind of stuck him out. But from all accounts, it went extremely well. I think that with the situation with Parson and, you know, the instability there, I think that Florida State had to act quickly and get these two on campus as quick as possible. Um, I know they like Glenn a lot. And, you know, as you just kind of talked about, his recruitment you know, is is picking up steam. You know, mm-hmm. Ohio State is gonna, I think, play a factor. He seemed very excited about that offer, um, but also, you know, he sang a lot of praises about Florida State staff and you know the pr- presentation they gave him and how they see him fitting in the offense. Um, I think either one of them, you know, they gotta they gotta land one of them because that seems like, you know, the board after that is, is, is you know who's that because. They want two quarterbacks. Your your quarterback commitment is very shaky, so you, you got to get one of those two at worst. Um, yeah, I agree. And there's a couple guys in mind uh, that Florida State has. They want to see how it plays out with mm-hmm. these three guys right now before they dive uh, uh, deeper. I would say into the into the board and you know Ricky. They're pretty confident there. Kind of seems like it's between. Florida State and Purdue, he's still in the process of setting up visits, but LSU mm-hmm. hasn't been much of a factor um, to this point. But that's uh, moving into Shelton Sampson. LSU is definitely a factor there. And I think one reason that Florida State had Ricky Collins come this this past weekend for his official visit was because they had Sampson coming as well. And obviously those two are friends. They're they're seven-on-seven seven teammates and – I just kind of had a feeling Seminoles wanted to sell, you know, hey, let's let's keep this package going for mm-hmm. another three or four years to hopefully get you guys um, to the NFL. And, you know, it seemed like both of them really, really vibed with the coaching staff over the weekend. And they spent a lot of time on campus and off campus just developing those relationships with the staff. And I think we'll see both camp, both players back on campus again um, in the future. Yeah. Um, oh. Said it last week, you know, Florida State's wide receiver recruiting is highly debated, but they have their chart and, you know, they, they're still in it for several guys. Um, you know, they have a little bit of an ace in the hole with, you know, Gay Fertitta, his old coach, being on the staff. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be tough with LSU and Bama. I think that as long as Florida State has a solid year, and they show something on offense, I think that Samson's a legitimate possibility. Yeah, and he was actually, I believe, the first official visitor to, to get to Tallahassee and 
and campus as well. So him mm-hmm. and his family spent ample time with the coaching staff and just making sure that both they they know the fit for him in the program and that there's also yep. that comfortability to be able to leave Louisiana and spend his college career in Florida. So I think they're well on that path to to making mm-hmm. that a reality. And Nate, I don't know if you want to go into Luke Luke Burgess some since you were able to speak with him. Yeah. Um you know, to see him at left tackle, um, you know, Florida State, Carolina, Louisville have been, um, you know, that's his final three. Uh, Louisville gets a visit this weekend, and then he's going to make a, a decision pretty soon after that. Um, he told me that his decision will come um, no later than sometime in July. He really wants to get it over with by the end of June. Um and he wants to get it wrapped up. He won't take visits to any other school after he makes his decision. He was extremely impressed with Coach Atkins and, you know, again, his presentation and how going over film and how they see him fitting in, fitting in the offense. Um, it, both players and coaches made it a point to him how bad they need tackles, and that seemed like that was something that resonated with him, um, that he could come in and possibly play early. You know, you have a kid who's nearly 6'8", 290 pounds, and, you know, he fits that prototypical tackle spot. So um, enjoyed the visit. You know, Florida State has been recruiting him, and they've, you know, have built, again, Atkins does a tremendous job. Uh, I think that Louisville is probably going to be the main competition. We'll see what happens after coming off this visit. But, you know, Florida State's firmly there in order to land his, his, his commitment, and I think he's definitely a take. Yeah, I always hate not getting the final official visit. Yep. Well, yeah, Florida I mean, State fans know real well how that works. Yep. So, so it feels like maybe Florida State's banking on either him or Lucas Simmons to be their left tackle mm-hmm. in this class. Yeah, and you know Simmons is taking his recruitment, maybe not the duration, but you know he's going to take some time. And you I know you that. you have Roger Kearney who could play right tackle. Mm-hmm. You know they like him a lot, but you know right now it just seems like it's Simmons as the other option for left tackle. For sure. And he'll be at Florida State the end of the month um, from the, the 24th to 26th for his again, his official visit. Again, for what, the fifth time? Fourth yep. time, and the fifth time? Florida State, they're getting the last um, official yep. visit for Simmons where he makes that commitment, which he told me a couple weeks ago, probably going to happen in July or August um, at the latest. And then you mentioned Kearney. Kearney right now looks like he's going to go all the way maybe not make a commitment until December, but you got to feel confident with where Florida State stands because he's another guy that's been on campus just a ton. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, 2024, lineman Jason Zandamella, who's teammates with Lucas Simmons, also likes FSU a ton. So you know, that would be something to watch moving forward. Yep, that, that 24 to 26 weekend for official visitors um, going to be pretty stacked. I believe there's mm-hmm. six or seven guys at this time, and – we mentioned Chris Parson earlier. I was actually told a few days ago he'll be taking an official visit to Florida State June 24th to 26th, which, man, that's going to be a busy stretch for that kid because he'll be at Florida State for that official visit. Then the Elite 11 starts on – the Elite 11 finals in Los Angeles start on June uh, 27th and go for four days through the 30th. So, I mean, man, from the 24th to about the 30th. He's gone. It's going to be a lot of traveling. Yeah. Three, three different time zones, too, because you got to think he's coming from Central Time in Nashville, 
he'll get to Eastern time in Tallahassee, and then he's going all the way to Pacific time when he gets out of Los Angeles. So, man. But does that say something to you about him, you know, risking time and, and energy for Elite 11, but to come in and do an official visit for a big-time weekend like that? Is that kind of crutch away some of the tw- Twitter people that are freaking no. out right now? That, no? Doesn't, doesn't, no. Are you all <laughs> because- opposite on this? No, I, I just think you follow the visits, you know, for someone that. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. He's coming he's, down and yeah, yeah, visiting. For someone that went from pro FSU, locked in, it's a done deal. And then he takes a visit and, you know, I I, I, I think a visit was going to happen, period. Um, I think the coaches did that on purpose to get him in on that big weekend, but you know, it doesn't make me feel any better. Yeah. Um, I do think it helps to, to get him back on campus again, you know, cause he was just here um, a couple weeks ago. So to have two short visits in such a time span, certainly important. And, you know, Florida state, they were talking about maybe moving this depending on the schedule, but I believe that Parson wanted to go ahead and go through with it because he knows that there's going to be some, important visitors in attendance and he wants to be around those guys to to make his pitch to get him to to join him in the class so we'll just have to see how it goes obviously this situation has been fluctuating over i guess the last four or five weeks you know parson was at mississippi state last weekend i heard he didn't work out nate heard that he did work out so we're kind of mixed there in that discussion but you know we'll just have to see listen um, i don't i don't care if you worked out or not I would love for him to come on this visit and be like, you know what? This is it because he's been the bell cow. He's got a ton of ability. I like him a lot as a quarterback. And I think that it would ease a lot of concerns from, from, um, you know, the fans who can relax a little bit, you know? Yeah. It's a good good scenario. I don't think that's going to happen though. No, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Parson. I like him a lot. Not because you've had him on the pod. (laughs) <laughs> not because he's not because he's done the you know recruiting stuff article with us. I, I just think that he has the abilities that are gonna carry over to what the college game is. And, you know, four states gotta hold on to him. And I would love for him to come in this visit and be like, you know, I'm done. Publicly say it, you know. But mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Yeah, it'd be nice, but just based off the way that recruitment's kind of going, it's I have not. heard he might take some some more official visits mm-hmm. down the line. So we'll just have to see how the summer progresses and just how the situation um, keeps going. Yeah, I'm interested to see how you know he does that Elite 11, how Glenn does that Elite, Elite 11. While I think some of that whole thing is a little – Blown out, of, blown out of all the water, you know. It's kind of thing where you camp. just take it out of you. Just got to take it out of your own kind of yep. opinion and yep. don't go off of rankings. Take it. You watch it on your own, and then you do your own personal ranking. We should no. do our own rankings. We should do our own rank. Nate, how about that? How about we I'm, do our own rankings? And we, we did about like legit we, rankings. We did about unconquered talk. Yeah, I think it'd be a good idea. Actually, no. give it legit rankings we, here. We no uh, we evaluated every. FSU offer in Florida and Georgia, and also every Florida and Georgia Division One caliber athlete. So we ended up looking at like six hundred kids, Jesus and and, well. and rating them. 
I'm, I'm just going to ask for I'm not, the Elite I'm not 11. I'm just going to do the Elite 11. <laughs> I'm just asking for the Elite 11 quarterbacks. Yeah. Hopefully that uh, one will be a little bit easier. But, um, you know, they've only landed that right, and that was Trent Dilfer with Jameis. He, <laughs> for, for real. No. You know, that whole talking about, you know, how well, impressed he was with this kid's mental, you know, acumen and, you know, the physical was there, but the, you know, what's going to set him apart. You know, and he, he, you know, if you look back at, at that, you know, Dilfer kind of was on top of it. You know, late game situations, he's going to lead his team to a win, which he did in, in, in the championship game, you know, so. Yep. But, yeah, you mean you mean when he gives when he gives praise to twenty of the top quarterbacks in the country and one of them turns out doing well, he, he did a good job, you know? Shout yeah, out man. Yeah. <laughs> Blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. Yeah. But I am excited. Uh, you know, we're gonna get a chance to see all three of these guys that Florida State has offered at mm-hmm. the Elite Eleven finals. Parson, Glenn, and Ricky Collins um will be there as well. So, you know, I don't think any of us are gonna be out there in LA to cover it, but hopefully we get a chance to see some of the clips and other things that hit social media so we can, you know, give what kind of opinion we can off of social media clips. Yeah. Agreed, Carol. The quarterback's got to be an alpha. Yep. I agree. Tom's asking yeah. if we're going to do a contest to have a, have a fan come on and, and do a coast. We, we, that Tom made that contest up himself last he week did. in the comments. Yeah, no, he's, he's <laughs> pushing for it. He might have to be the fan that comes on. He's so, so that- Tom – you generate the contest, the idea, what the contest should be. Send it to Logan, and then we'll go from there. But yeah. you can't, you can't make it where it favors you. So I got a helmet to raffle off a twenty-five yeah. hour live stream to 24. do. Twenty-four. Whoa, twenty-five hours. 24. It's twenty-five. It's twenty-five now. It's a penalty. No way. No. Every One year you add an hour. That's a lot of beers. So there's a lot of other responsibilities that mm-hmm. Logan has yet to. Uh, there's been a lot of distractions every time before. But there's all there's also another big big announcement this week, and that you know all of us are going to be in, in New Orleans. That's right. Yeah. No, we kind of got that all confirmed. Um, that me, Nate, Dustin, and even basketball V VZ's going to have to write some football stuff. It might not be recruiting, but he'll he'll write some football yeah. stuff. But all four of us are planning on being in New Orleans together. Me, Nate, and Dustin will go on about close to a six-hour drive together, we're in a which carpool. is going to be going so to be I'm awesome. In, so I meant to tell you guys, we're we're going to have to knock someone off the boat. Off the boat? Uh, I got an email back from uh, the, the credential people, and we can only take three people. Take the cap off. So you we have told someone. Is, I got the email back today. No, you didn't. I, did, I wasn't thinking about it. But so someone's... Someone's not going to make the trip. <laughs> Look at He's so easy to tell when he's lying. It's the easiest thing. His eyes just get so nice and sweet. Look at his mouth's open. I mean, he would have called me. He would have texted me. We don't believe you. So Close your gonna, mouth, damn it. We're, we're going to put a camera in the car, and we're going to record the six hours there and back. Jesus Christ. What kind of film are we making here? A lot of vape smoke. oh man there'll be there'll be a lot of gambling a lot of good times but yeah we're all for planning to be there i'll be uh critiquing logan's driving skills yeah (laughs) something tells well based off the pictures i'm driving with uh the um whatchamacallit i don't know why i can't think of it driving with the car no dumbass (laughs) with uh cruise control on at 70 miles an hour 
70? Hell no. I go 80 down to Tampa. 80 nice and safe, though. 80 nice and safe. Nice and safe. That's all it is. But, yeah, New Orleans, we got we got to get there quicker. We got to get there quicker. So, I got some got some drinking to do when we get there. Uh, real quick, though, I want to end this off if we've kind of wrapped up recruiting stuff. Uh, Phil Steele, as we all know, the magazine man. Uh, make sure you go grab those magazines. But he's kind of – well, we'll talk about sucks. it. Let's, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about it. All right, so he's got Jamie Robinson. He's got He has a preseason – all-American second team. So Jamie gets his recognition there. And then this starts getting a little interesting. I agree here. With he's that. got yeah, he's got Jamie as first team here, all ACC. This is all preseason, of course. Second team, all all ACC is Alex Mastromano, Florida State's punter, as we do know. From Australia. We've got third team, though, with Dylan Gibbons and Micah Pittman. And then Phil Steele, man, roasting here. Robert Cooper on the fourth team. <laughs> He's got Cameron McDonald there for it. I think that's definitely reasonable. But Robert Cooper and no Fabian Lovett at all on this list. What are we doing, no, Phil? No Fabian Lovett. No Keen Dent. Okay. Those are the first two where I'm like, hey, you know, hold up. You know, um, Jordan Travis, I would expect him to be, you know, somewhere on there with, that, you know, the some of the hype he's getting. Um. Yeah, I I highly question love it and debt not being on there. Yeah, man, I think I think you can make an argument that maybe Robert Scott or Darius Washington uh, yes should be on there as well. Yep. Um. Be three and and you know, I'm I'm going to go ahead and follow up on one of my pre my spring up uh, a little uh. Predictions. I, I think Omarion Cooper should have been there because the kid's gonna be dynamite. Yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna see. I don't know. If Phil Phil definitely missed out on Fabian here, and definitely Akeem. Maybe he didn't hear anything about Akeem's uh, really good spring camp and whatnot. But wow, definitely you definitely don't want to miss Fabian. I think Fabian tweeted earlier today a little emoji. I think he got the news there and maybe got good gypped on the list. Good. Let, a lot of people guess. sleeping on a lot of people sleeping on Fabian. Love it. Let me guess. You put Corey Jordan in his first team. <laughs> now that he, would be fun. Prob- he probably did. Captain, take, Captain, take a playoff. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, anyone that's still sticking to magazines is, you know, a little outdated anyway. You know, he really his only contribution is, is killing trees. <laughs> Damn, Jesus. Christ. Nogameday.com is environmental friendly, baby. That's right. We don't go. <laughs> no paper used. Well, until until one of y'all get an article in the actual SI magazine, then y'all might not be against it and might have a whole case of them. But we, we, we're not there yet, you know, where we're still environmentally friendly here. I'm trying to see if he actually – yeah, here you go. Give me a second. Let's see if he put Corey, put Corey Durden because for some reason national outlets just absolutely obsess over Corey Durden. Uh, on defense, three linebackers for NC State, Drake Thomas, and then they've got Corey Durden at third. Third team. So over over Robert Cooper. Mm, interesting. And obviously Fabian Love it. So mm. and just like this is why we love Carol. Who cares about the list? I it's true. Yeah. Preseason lists are all about just generating it's just preseason flags and comments. Yep. The real the real list will come out in December. So mm-hmm. Uh, Timmy, real quick, is asking, do you all know when fall camp starts? We're thinking definitely, 
uh, it's going to be probably last week. Of latter, July. Yeah. Latter half there of, of July, just because Florida state does start off its season in week zero Florida site. I got to make sure everybody knows Florida state's not kicking off the season against LSU They're kicking off against Duquesne and that's week zero. So Florida state's going to start yeah. a little bit earlier and we're, we're yeah. here for it. That means we get to, sh- we get to preview a game a week earlier than everybody else in the country. We get to start going to camps early, give you guys some good scoops. So sign me yeah. up. We, we get, 2022 national champion Florida State in week zero. <laughs> uh, Timmy's saying, Are y'all going to do a top 40 player? <laughs> Nate's cracking himself Damn. up over here. <laughs> uh, we, don't have, do a top... we don't have quotas to hit, so no. I mean, no. we can. Think we're I don't think we're gonna do a list there, but maybe we'll have a topic here on the show to uh maybe. discuss. I, I might I might I, do something. I, I, I think 40 is a little bit too much, but I think we can do I like, like 20. Top, I think we can do the top 20 players on offense and defense. You know. That's 40. No, I'm talking like total. Like uh, <laughs> oh no, man. We it is still it is still June. There, so yeah. No, but yeah, I think that's going to practically wrap up everything. Uh, shout out to Mr. Antonor Winston, Jameis Winston's father, for hopping on here. I definitely want to try to get him on later on down the road because I have a lot more questions for him. But appreciate him coming on. A lot of, a lot of good insight and some nuggets there. And even uh, for Jonah Winston going to be in town throwing in front of Mike Norvell, we could see uh, maybe later on down the road a little offer from uh, Norvell going after the young, the young Winston there. But, uh, yeah, I think that's wrap it up. Everybody enjoy the rest of the weekend. As always, y'all can listen to podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Hit the subscribe button if you have not yet. Make sure you guys are in the Discord, too. We're going to start pushing that a lot more this offseason to get you guys in there because there's a lot of recruiting scoop going on. And we're on current unicorn watch season right now. So make sure you guys are on the Discord. I'm uh, even posting more now again. So Look at this. Look at this. You know, what a time to be alive. I've been, I've been and, putting a bunch of stuff in there. And that's and Logan's going to give me the phone number on the way to, to New Orleans. Oh, Never in a million years. We'll lose all of our subscribers. We'll lose them all after that. But uh, everybody, enjoy the weekend and uh, make sure y'all stay cool during this heat wave. See you guys. Enjoy the weekend. Bye. Peace.